0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of the Dynasty Movement Podcast. The Bears are who we thought they were! And that's why we took the damn field! And Manning's gonna he won one. His... Oh, there's a flag. Back from catch the one-handed that? catch. How in the oh. world? Oh, my goodness. Me, Burn, with Down With Fun, again, it's just the two Hello. of us again this week. Um, and uh, we're just going to get right into it. We've got three main topics that we're going to hit on today. Uh, we've got a couple little rule updates coming for the pod... or er, for uh, Sorry, the Dynasty Movement. Uh, and I'll, the
1: podcast, and, Well,
0: yeah, I mean, I guess uh, as a part of the Dynasty Movement. The, um, the new rule
1: is that you were allowed to have more than one episode one.
0: Correct. We did that twice. Um... So we'll hit on that later. Uh, It's going to be pretty menial. Uh, And then we're also going to talk about uh, the rookie quarterbacks, how they've done through two weeks, and then this little-known guy. I don't know if you've heard about this, what's going on in Los Angeles. We're starting with this, by the way.
1: What is going on Um, in Los Angeles?
0: So did you know that there's a guy out there named Puka Nakua? Puka-na-what? puka, puka na Oh. And he has done something that no other puka na has ever done. Would What's you like- that? It's uh, catching 25 fucking footballs in his first two weeks in the NFL as a fifth-round pick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Are you talking puka na or are you talking Travis Fulgham?
0: Uh uh, 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 I'm talking basically the best player that's ever played football. Um, Again, are you
1: talking Puka Nakura <laughs> or are you talking Travis Fulgham?
0: I know you don't mean that, so I'll roll with the punches here. Not uh, at all.
1: That That is like, like, browsing, browsing the, the various spaces on the internet, you know, looking at all the dynasty fantasy discourse, that has quickly become my least favorite slash- favorite NPC talking point from the community in evaluating Puka Nakua. Like, is he Travis Fulgham? It's always Travis Fulgham. Why not, like, Keelan Cole or something?
0: Because Travis Fulgham was legendary for four games. Even though the circumstances are entirely different. Um, Where Travis Fulgham was on a team (laughs) devoid of uh, wide receiver talent, which, okay, pump the brakes. It is the Rams. Not a lot going on there. But he also did it to start the year. Um, and wasn't brought in because they had like no depth like Travis Fulgham was. Uh, he had no prior experience in the league like Travis Fulgham did. Fulgham was already a second-year player after being a practice squad guy for Detroit for an entire season. Um, he's only 22 instead of 24, which it's not a huge difference, but it is a difference. He's not played football as long. Um Actually surprised that Puka was so young when and, I looked when, when he
1: started popping off.
0: Uh and also the fact that Puka was second in all of college football last year in yards per route run, which means he didn't really come out of nowhere. He was under drafted. Totally. Um because he played at BYU. And granted, BYU is not like a powerhouse by any means when it comes to, you know, football. But uh it really just seems more like he was someone that was underutilized in college than someone that would actually like lacked in talent. Well, so, was he,
1: was he underutilized in college or was he injured? Cause my, like maybe you, maybe there's information that you have that I kind of, uh, glanced over, but I thought that he was just like always kind of hurt.
0: Um, so he did miss a lot of games, uh, especially his first two years at Washington, he played eight games as a freshman and then three as a sophomore. Um, well, I guess a red shirt freshman or no, you would have just been a true freshman. Um, he transferred to BYU in 2021, played 12 games for with 43 receptions. So in 12 games, he had, uh, (laughs) A little less than double what he has in two right now in the NFL. That's so insane. Um, However, in those 43 receptions, he had 805 yards, averaging 18.7 yards per reception. Um, He also had 14 carries with over 10 yards per carry. So he was unbelievably efficient in that one year. And then last year in nine games, he had 48 receptions, which still isn't nearly what we're seeing right now. But again, 13 yards per reception uh 25 carries for 209 yards so it's 8.4 yards per carry so he was being utilized as a rusher as a receiver um 10 total touchdowns last year in what a whopping 70 touches roughly 73
1: that's that's so ridiculous Um, yeah
0: taking it to the house once every seven touches is pretty good generally speaking i mean it's not out of the realm of normal for the nfl that's like mike evans yeah but no he was he was a very good player in college. Um, the volume numbers weren't necessarily there, but the efficiency numbers were. Uh, and I think that's probably why he slipped to the fifth round. but yeah I mean, yeah, but
1: why do you, why do you think that he why do you think that he both fell in the NFL draft? Uh, I mean, obviously the volume thing was there, but like the fifth round, you know. How did he fall so far there and also fall so off the radar of dynasty communities to where, what was his ADP? I, I think he went like in the, I drafted uh, was, pretty late.
0: Um, I guess from my own anecdotal experience in a super flex league that I'm in, uh, he was drafted 11th in the fourth round uh, in a 14 teamer. So that would have been undrafted in a twelve team. Um, I got him undrafted in a three round draft, one quarterback. Um, generally speaking, he was either going very, very late third round or fourth round.
1: Yeah, uh, in, in my uh, in my home league, he went I think at the tail end of the third round. So that that tracks.
0: So um, Solar just mentioned in the chat. Uh, for those of you who aren't tuned in right now, uh, TDM pod drinking game, one drink for every Puka mention. I'll tell you this guys right now, if you decide to play that call an ambulance so that you have it ready.
1: Well, what, what, what's going to happen more? Um, we're going to say we're on Puka patrol. Right, right. Are are we going to say his name? I won't say it now to add to that total. I will. Are we going to say his name more or is he going to be targeted more? Oh. Which which is it gonna be? That, he will that probably be already has more
0: because he's got what like thirty some odd targets and he catches he's everything. Got... So it's
1: I think he's got thirty five or thirty six targets already through two
0: games. Yeah, it's genuinely so. There's actually a point to all this, I guess that I'm trying to work towards, but also it's just kind of fun to gawk at like the ridiculous numbers that he's putting up in his first I, two games. I think that's as a what you have. Half...
1: That's what you have to do at this point in time is just, like, stand back and, one, realize how insane this is as it's happening, you know?
0: Yeah, and it's... Memes aside, I will try to be as objective as possible here. Obviously, Cooper Cup is out. Um, Cooper Cup demands a lot of attention when he's in. Uh, I don't see a realm right now where even if Cup is in and he's taking 10, 15 targets a game where Pook is still not getting 7 or 8, which is still very, very valuable in fantasy. Uh, that's still... I mean, especially at the rate he's catching the ball, I mean, 6 or 7 catches a game, like, sure, sweet, sign me up. Um, I just don't see him disappearing, even if Cup's back. But what's more interesting is how this is reflecting in the draft capital versus production schism of how people draft uh and how they value players you have a guy like quinton johnston who has for all intents and purposes and it's not even a bash against him i mean the chargers are deep but he has done a whole lot of pretty much nothing right Mm -hmm. um and that's not a knock on qj i think he could still very well be a great player
1: Um, he's like on his he's on the track that everybody thought he was gonna be on
0: yeah and i mean people like to give mike evans crap and all that but i mean mike evans is a good football player i mean he might not necessarily be someone you want to roll out in fantasy every week but he does his job um if you're an nfl coach you have mike williams he's gonna play most snaps uh keenan allen is you mount mike williams that whole time right you said mike evans oh sorry well i'm just he's always on my mind um, okay, I
1: wanted, I wanted to clarify because I was like, yeah, hold on. Mike, like, if you have Mike Evans, you're going to start him. Well, yeah,
0: Mike Williams, sorry. Okay. Um, and then Keenan Allen's Keenan Allen. He just, he's a vacuum. Uh, so those guys are going to get there. So obviously there's a lot of competition there. Um, it's going to be a slow pickup. Obviously you have someone like uh, Zay on the other coast who doesn't have necessarily the same competition. It's just blowing up. So, you look at someone like Puka, who is now, I believe on KTC, worth more than QJ, after two games. And it becomes a, I wouldn't necessarily say like a chicken or the egg or anything like that, but it's, is it smoke? And I don't know how you turn 25 catches in two weeks into nothing.
1: I, I like, I want, I... I will take my meme cap off for a second, you know, cause obviously Puka has been pretty much all this servers talked about since uh, last Sunday. <laughs> um, but I'll take my meme cap off and, uh, yeah, kind of agree with you on that. Like, I just don't think that there's any way at this point that he's going to completely turn into a pumpkin and, and disappear. I'll, uh, the famous Travis Fulgham, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that there's just too much to like with how he's performing, you know, like the, the amount of targets that may be a fluke, you know, but even if that's cut in half, that's still incredibly fantasy viable, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think this production is very sticky because it's not being buoyed by any touchdowns, which is insane. He in in half point PPR this week he got me twenty three points without a touchdown. Yes,
0: yeah. that's unreal. Like it's, um, and someone posted a chart earlier. I'm looking for it right now, so you guys are gonna have to bear with me. I'm probably gonna let uh, DWF uh, talk here for a little bit while I'm kind of zooming, but it's about expected points versus like actualized points. For oh wide receivers yeah. No, that was weeks. actually
1: me that posted that earlier. Yeah. And okay. Puka's, well that actually Puka's actually un- Yeah. Puka's actually under that line
0: because um, he hasn't
1: scored a touchdown.
0: Yeah. So now I can scroll through your history instead. And that makes my life so much easier, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I've mean, posted it there a lot today, so it's still my, yeah. Scrolled, but... And now I have to click through pages too. Son yeah. of a bitch. This might actually be harder. Okay. Okay. Uh. <laughs> well, you
1: know, I, I, I could talk a little bit, um, you know, I, I think the thing with Puka, if, um, did you want to tie it around to kind of how everyone's viewing the the receiving class or, or even
0: um, the, the rookies as a whole? Yeah, I just, I would like to, in some way, shape, or form, try to get some perspective on what's happening because, frankly, when's the last time we had anything even remotely like this happen? Like Stefan Diggs, sixth round pick who just kind of blew up, but it wasn't even this fast.
1: Yeah, um, Uh, Yeah, I mean, Stefan Diggs uh, was probably the last big one that I could think of. But, I mean, I I think the way that the perception of the class is so far is um, it's kind of like just basic social engineering happening at work here. Like, anybody who drafted QJ knew he was going to be a bit of a project and take a while. Mm -hmm. And... Nothing has changed about that. But it's hard not to be a little tilted when you see other guys going off, and especially when you see a guy go off like uh like Puka out of nowhere, you know. Oh,
0: here we are.
1: And I I think that um I I think that anybody who drafted QJ over Flowers and Addison, I don't think that was the move. You know, I, I think that in the vast majority of leagues, you could have drafted definitely Addison. Um, Flowers had a lot of questions. You know, he still kind of does with Mark Andrews coming into the fold and obviously siphoning away a lot of mm-hmm. the offense and the targets that he was seeing in week one. Um, but you could have gotten those guys. And now if you I, – I there was a little bit of chatter on this earlier, but I think that if you took – either of those guys and you still believed in qJ like and you liked him more than flowers or addison I think right now you could go up to the QJ owner in most leagues and be like hey I'll trade you flowers for QJ in a second you know yeah or at least
0: a third and, or something you'll get some sort of positive return right on top of
1: him, um even if it's not now a lot. I yeah now I do think that we are moving a little bit into Sillyville Um, you know, we, we called up U-Haul, we, we rented the truck, you know, we called off work, we promised pizza and beer to people. We're moving to Sillyville, I think a little bit when people are talking about smashing Puka over JSN. But I think that the conversation could be there. I think it's
0: funny at the very least. Um, I, I I
1: definitely (laughs) think it's funny, but
0: it's, um, regardless of how all this turns out, it's been a very fun two weeks.
1: Oh, it's been insane. And if he does it again this week, then, like, I I literally don't know how you can talk about this in any sane and rational way.
0: You uh, know, if and, he does and, it again this week, I wouldn't be surprised to start seeing people trading, like, DK Metcalf for him. Or Garrett I, Wilson. I mean, or, he's like, already... Amon Ra. Like, you start getting into... People are already starting to send... An unbelievable amount. Uh, let, yeah. me, let me pull up a trade here, which for this sure. was done by Bacon Boy, so the world's biggest asterisk, asterisk right now, because he will spend whatever he has to for Puka. I,
1: I mean, that that boy's been planting his flag on this like since day um, one. I have to give him all the credit in the world. He has not been afraid to make trades that it looks like he lost, and now he just completely smashed on them.
0: Yep. You know? So, he made a trade today where he got Puka Nakua for Jalen Warren a first and a second. Uh, the first will likely be a playoff first, and the second will likely be 2 one So, I think we might already be approaching Sillyville a little bit.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> that's but, what I said. We're we're moving to like we have the U-Haul. We are calling our contacts with the promise of pizza and beer.
0: But we'll be there
1: yet. But but
0: Puka Nakua is also sixth amongst all wide receivers in actualized fantasy points per route run, and first among expected fantasy points per route run. This isn't per target. This isn't per game. This is every time this dude runs off the line of scrimmage as a receiver, like a potential target for a football, he is expected to score more points than any other receiver in the league. According to QBL Ryan with uh, fantasy points data. Um, So, like, what the fuck? That, that's what i mean like there's no there's no rational way to approach this because
1: if if you're if you're a big stat guy you know and the 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 dynasty and fantasy community at large have come around to the fact that targets wide receivers they don't work like running backs you know just because the you have the opportunity doesn't mean anything um, targets are earned right so yeah. we're, we're, like we we've all agreed on that by Pretty much any advanced metric that you look at, Puka is not only doing well, he is doing, he's putting up elite numbers, and he's doing so with a cushion between him and receivers that everybody else accepts as elite.
0: It's genuinely baffling. And obviously, I can walk around and, uh, well virtually walk around in TDM chat with my pink name and the poop shells and everything and talk about how he's the greatest player that's ever lived. And it's a lot of fun, but in actuality, right. like in the <laughs> real world where we happen to inhabit, this right. dude is a very good football player.
1: It's, it's insane to me that he is doing as well as he is. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm really not sure. How you square that circle Like like you and I we're We're basically spitballing back and forth About how great he is Because there's not really anything that you can Criticize other than The draft capital Or the potential injury concerns You know we were all worried about the oblique Last week which Talk about a buy Like the smallest bit of buy window That you could even track on KTC Everybody's like well what's that little dip Right there like oh that's for the 12 hours where he was maybe gonna miss time with an oblique um but uh you know his his production is so good by by any way that you can do it that like all you can do is is witness him um and and talk about like okay well what does he have to do so i I guess i'm asking you this you know Mm mm-hmm what does he have to do before we are no longer in Sillyville? We are no longer merely in Sillyville. We have ran for office and won the election.
0: Oh, the, you mean the Silly Party? I was going to say, the Silly Party now runs the, the country? Yes. Um, I say if Cooper Cup comes back and is generally regarded as being healthy enough where it's not really inhibiting his play and Puka is still out-targeting him, I think we have firmly left Sillyville and arrived at, uh... I'm not gonna make a better name off the top of my head, but that that's <laughs> the point I'm getting at. We're in Siriusville? Yeah, if we're gonna take our eyebrows and we're going to kind of angle them down and like it's going to get real real quick if uh, if he starts to outperform Cooper Cup when Cup is back and healthy
1: well I mean I think that that's like the big rub here is everybody talks about well you know let's see it when Cooper Cup comes back like let's um, you know let's pump the brakes on that I I there's a couple of ways that I want to approach it. Like the, the, the production that he has done here in the first two weeks, like is just so on the next level that I, I think he's already established himself a very sticky floor. Like, like, do you realistically see um, any possibility of Puka before the end of the year, no longer being worth like a late first?
0: No. And Here's I'm just gonna throw some numbers at everyone. Just do it. I want to hear them. Um, Puka leads the league in targets by ten. He has thirty five targets to Justin Jefferson's twenty five. <laughs> he leads in receptions by five, also over Justin Jefferson, twenty five to twenty. Um, however, he's not leading in yards. Justin Jefferson has a higher a dot. He's only second in the league in receiving yards with 266 <laughs> to Justin Jefferson's 309. Um. Now, note again who I am comparing his numbers to right now. Uh, granted, it's only through two weeks, I know, with this big asterisk. That's the whole caveat. That's the whole conversation. Mm-hmm. But he's putting up comparable numbers to Justin Jefferson through these two weeks. Um, <laughs> and, like, you can introduce... Right. You're, if you're right. Justin Jefferson and you introduce a Jordan Addison to the offense, he's still Justin Jefferson. Right. Um, Again, I'm not calling Puka Nakua Justin Jefferson. But I am saying good players, when other good players are introduced into the offense, don't ruin the good players. If he keeps doing what he's doing, like, even if Cup comes back, Matt Stafford threw the ball 55 times last week. He'll still yeah. get his.
1: Yeah, a- absolutely. I, I, think, I think the thing with... Puka, and this is going to sound a little silly, considering all of the memery that's been around him, but I do feel like there's been so many times where people have taken a step back, and they've been like, well, okay, he's doing this, but but X, you know, some some reason to come up with. After the first game, it was, okay, well, he was playing a very porous and uh, terrible Seattle secondary, you know, never mind the fact that he was actually um, playing virtually every single role and was he, he drew their best coverage a couple times, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Correct. So after the first week, everybody said, "Well, okay, um, you know, he's already flaring up with an oblique. You know, he like he's he's injury prone, and we have a very tough." San Francisco defense that he's going to go up against so let's see that you know and I think those that know ball you know the all the 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 BKers out there the ball mm-hmm. knowers they knew that like the if there's one part of the Niners defense that you're going to attack it, it is the secondary um, they, they have an elite defense don't get me wrong but um, but Puka not only did he do what he did in week one but he did it better did anybody call him doing that even better? Well,
0: and that's a major point that people have kind of ignored a bit until I guess you just brought it up now, is uh, Puka was a game-time decision with an oblique injury. He missed uh, Friday practice before the game. And then, with said injury, not even knowing if he was going to play, went out and caught 15 passes.
1: Well, that, so, that's actually what... There was like a little bit of opium slash copium for the brief period of time when people were like, oh my god, what is this injury? Um, there was the belief in some circles that Puka had already ingratiated himself into the game plan and in with the coaches and obviously in with Stafford that they're going to be a little more lenient with his practice time to kind of mitigate any sort of potential injury showing that he is very sticky in this offense as a, <clears throat> as a, as somebody with a role,
0: you yeah. Know? And Dave has brought this up in the, uh, stage chat a bit, uh, talking about Matt Stafford and how much of an effect he's having on Puka. And to a point, he's absolutely right. Uh, Matt Stafford, uh, all Lions fans pretty much know this, but everyone else, I mean, you probably know it at this point too, after what, you know, 12, 13 years, he's a bit of a kingmaker. Jesus called it before it went around on Twitter. Uh, Stafford likes to (laughs) zero in on people. He made, well, he didn't make Kelvin Johnson. No one made Kelvin Johnson, Kelvin Johnson, except for Kelvin Johnson. But he likes to focus on people. Um, he's very good at it. He's a great quarterback, but he, (laughs) you've got two or three receivers and they're going to get the ball a lot. Uh, Cooper cup was a good wide receiver. Matt Stafford came into town and he almost broke the record for receiving yards in a year. That's just the kind of guy he is. So Stafford being there, I do think even with cutback, uh, Puka's still going to get his. It'll just be two great wide receivers, a la the thirteen hundred receiving yard season that Golden Tate had while Calvin was still getting like eleven hundred while hobbled. Insane. Um, I I could still see a season like that, and at that point, once puka is like really an established guy even if he was just being force-fed by stafford i don't really see him going away a lot of teams pay dudes based off what they did previously they play them based off what they did previously coaches and gms aren't necessarily efficient in looking forward they generally are what have you done for me recently that shows me that you can play ball And I think after this season, even if Stafford does get hurt and starts to, you know, taper off or he decides to retire in the next year or two uh, or whatever, I think Puka will just kind of be cemented as that guy by then.
1: Yeah. And I I think that, like, I, I totally agree with that point, you know, like it's it's all about, well, what have you done for me lately? And that's where I think Puka is like. That I, I think that that's where like his strength lies because he just he just did what he did for two weeks. So let's pretend Stafford gets hurt and we get uh Stetson Bennett, right? Yep. Um like we we've seen plenty of receivers in this offense not do anything, you know? Tutu Atwell, who's producing right now, he didn't do he was nothing last year. Van Jefferson, nothing. Tutu's HB. having a
0: great year now.
1: Yeah, I mean Tutu's off to a great start, and that, that's getting overshadowed. Absolutely, um, that's getting overshadowed by Puka, which is another good sign that Puka is doing so well that he's masquerading. Yeah. By by all measures, like if if Puka wasn't there and Tutu was having these numbers, we'd be freaking out. Yeah. Puka's numbers dwarf them. Puka's
0: um, wide receiver three overwallness right now without a touchdown in half PPR. Yeah. Is hiding Tutu's wide receiver nineteen right now.
1: It's yeah, it's insane. We would be freaking out over Tutu having a top twenty-four or being on track for a top twenty-four season.
0: Uh, Wide receiver Tutu,
1: yeah, wide receiver Tutu. But but he's overshadowing that. And if if something happened to Stafford, like Tutu or uh, excuse me, Puka runs. His game in such a way that he's not doing anything that he can't replicate on like any given s- uh, snap, and he's gonna be the guy that quarterbacks are gonna want to look for. Knowing that,
0: you and, know, and Puka's like, a dot being what it is. If you have a quarterback that can't really throw the deep ball, it won't affect him, really. Yeah, he's like, averaging like but, nine yards a catch.
1: Yeah, like he's not do he's not making these George Pickens circus practice catches. You know, like he's, he's not- just
0: unbelievably dependable.
1: Yeah, he's just doing the fundamentals like in a way that is insane for any receiver to do, but for it to be a the, the first two games of a fifth round rookies career is just insane because I mean once you start thinking about like, okay, well, he's doing this now, what if he gets better?
0: Well, yeah, this is his first two games. Like,
1: <laughs> like let's, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you, like, approach this guy and not move to Sillyville, not become the mayor of
0: Sillyville. I mean, and that's one thing. It's maybe he's flashing early and teams will adjust. Uh, on the other hand, this dude's only played two games in the NFL. What if he gets comfortable? Yeah, well, but,
1: I, I, was like, watching, I was watching a Steve Smith's breakdown. I actually year. have
0: that highlighted right now because I was going to hit into that. So I'll let you do it instead.
1: Oh, yeah. Because okay. you
0: posted it. <laughs> well, I mean... Do you need is, the link? Is, is it, what was that? Do you need the message link?
1: Oh, uh, over over what I typed? Yeah. Uh Yeah, if sure. If you'd like not? to
0: rehash it. Okay, I'll throw it in the... Yeah, uh, that would be good. I'll throw it in the chat for you.
1: Um, But yeah, I thought it was, like, super informative here. And, like, the, the main takeaways that were from that were, like, he does believe... And this this should get everybody very excited. And, you know, you should be calling up anybody that you know who could use pizza and beer to help you move. Um, but he his main thing was, like, he totally is on the side of the narrative that there is a redundancy with Koopa... <laughs> Koopa. <laughs> with uh, Cup Koopa and Koopa. Puka. But he thinks that, like, more... It's more likely than not that the team rides the hot hand because how do you put this toothpaste back in the tube now? Um, So he thinks that, like, they're going to ride the hot hand with him even if Cup were to come back. He also believes that given what Cup's injuries are and what he's kind of been doing in the offseason in the last couple weeks, that Cup is not coming back healthy if he comes back at all this year. So we're looking at probably a bigger cushion than four games for Puka to establish himself as the guy there. Um, And on top of that, he thinks that Puka is an insanely intelligent receiver. So he's not doing anything like super flashy. He just is doing all these like savvy little moves that usually take guys like years to learn and into it in the NFL um but he's already he's already there so he can develop his game
0: he's honestly in danger sorry for interrupting but he's honestly in danger of creating such a cushion between him and the other receivers like it could compare to like the cushion between team burn and team scotty and rivals
1: (laughs) that's you're you're damn right but we probably shouldn't bring that up because they're the ones who have puka
0: yeah it's true we're in danger
1: which is really painful um, but the the final part was uh you know he thinks that like Puka is already established himself given like what we talked about earlier he already he already thinks that he's established himself as the re- receiver who you know it's his job to lose and he can potentially grow into a top end talent already um, given already where he's at and like where th- just the natural progression that guys have from being in the league for um, for a while, and that he's really good at kind of getting into that zone that all the great receivers do, where they just feel like they're unstoppable and can catch anything, you know. Yeah. The just that ball knower, that BK mindset.
0: So I'm gonna kind of tie this back around, uh, put a little bow on it because we have been talking about Puka for a half an hour, which I mean I could do this all day, um, but we, we have other could. we have other things to hit. Um, when people are valuing players on their teams and everything, they look at, especially with rookies, um, when you aren't necessarily expecting a lot from them early, or you are, or whatever. It's primarily, you know, draft cap situation. Um, and then as we go into the season, results. Uh, so when you start getting people asking, you know, Puka or QJ, or Puka and whoever, um, I can see the dilemma. Obviously, you've spent a lot to get a guy like a Jordan Addison or something versus someone like Puka, who is very likely free for a lot of these people. Um, very found money. Um, and uh, something that helps me when I'm doing this kind of valuation is actually tying it into how an NFL coach would see it. Um, a lot of people are fall victim to sunk cost fallacy. Uh, Let's say, you know, look at like a Laquan Treadwell where, oh, hey, I spent a first round pick. We're going to try to make him work. He obviously doesn't. He's terrible. But he's a first round pick, so he's going to get some leeway that he otherwise wouldn't get. Um, On the flip side, Puka, fifth round pick. If he just doesn't do anything the rest of the season, oh, well, fifth round pick. Who cares? Um, So when you're treading that line, at a certain point, Like, if you're the Rams, yeah, Jalen Rieger's another one. The fact that he's still in the league is incredible. It's because he was a first-round pick. That's (laughs) basically the only reason. Um, But as you're towing that line, if you're an NFL coach and you see this kid who's never played an NFL game just blowing up, what? You think they're just going to throw him away? You think they're just going to stop? Like, why? Why would you bother?
1: I mean, look, look at what Antonio Brown did.
0: Antonio Brown, his first year, he only had, like, 300 yards. He's doing better well, than Antonio Brown was as a sixth well, round pick.
1: I know, yeah. Well, it's, that's what I'm saying. Like Antonio Brown, what, like he, what, what, what round was he drafted in? He was a sixth rounder. Yeah, so like he was drafted late, and then he is, he went on a run, and you know, he established himself as one of the best wide receivers in the league. And even with all his antics, you know, he was so good that people just kept bringing him back.
0: Yeah, and L. N. Same thing. Tyreek took a season to really break out. He was a converted running back. Um, like a lot of these guys don't blow up the same way that Puka has here. So it's really untread water. Um, we've, it's difficult, right? Like it's a guy that should (laughs) not be doing this is doing this. Right. If JSN did this, everyone would be freaking the fuck out. He'd be worth more than Garrett Wilson. He would be saying, do you want JSN or Justin Jefferson right now? Because I, of I the mean, draft cap combined with the production. Right. But if, without if the staying power this. of that draft cap, it makes people question, is this a flash in the pan or not? Totally. So that's, to me at this point, it's not, is Puka good or not? I do think he's good. Is It's, is he this good? Or is he like, a, LN's been, uh, Pumping out the Robert Woods comparison quite a bit, and I think that could be a very good comparison. Is he a guy that's just you know toe around the line of a thousand yards a year or eight hundred yards a year, and he's just happening to just absorb targets because no one else is there? Um, that's basically yeah. I mean, Woods was a yeah twelve hundred to thirteen hundred yard receiver for the Rams, um, which I mean, is a is great player, but oh but that's. I... Well, and I, I I'm not like going to call that a floor about, or anything either, but it's. I, I what's feel like we're he speaking going about to s- like
1: that floor? As if that that would be like. Oh, he's not that
0: good. Yeah. Well, no, it's insane, but it's. What are you actually? Getting, what what's like the long term? Where is he going to settle? I guess is. The, end question, because even if cup isn't cup the main thing the rams will do then is probably spend early draft capital next year on a wide receiver they're gonna need someone you can't even the best teams i mean i watched kelvin johnson being the only serviceable wide receiver on the lions for like a half a decade you need more than one <laughs> dude um two right. two yeah two two at well but like even two two doing well he's you're gonna need a, like a bigger x guy or something like that so for it's, sure it's or yeah. even a Z. It's like someone to stretch the field. You're just gonna need someone to fill a spot. So they're going to bring someone in if Cup does isn't Cup, and Cup's an older player now anyway. He's going to retire soon. It's a more of a when than an if.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, well,
0: I guess everyone's a you know a, a when because no one plays forever. But all right, let's not get morbid. <laughs> <laughs> Father time always wins. We're all gonna die. Um, but no, but it's what are you actually going to end up getting because. I don't want to rain on the Puka parade, but he's not going to average eighteen targets a game forever, right? Um, he's not going to catch twenty-five passes every two games forever. <laughs> and if he does, Uh-oh. dear God, trade everything for him, right? Like, if you're I, gonna, well, <laughs> like, if you're getting twelve catches a game, like,
1: yeah, shit. okay, let's That's it, let's but... uh, let, let's. What, what final you... thing? Yeah. Final thing on Puka, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's let's rub the crystal ball for a moment. You yeah. know? it's the end of the season. Where is Puka at for value? Where where do you see <laughs> him rank? Like what what number wide receiver is he? Um, how, let me... how high do you conceivably think that he'll go?
0: Well, or conversely,
1: if he doesn't conversely if he doesn't do anything. Where do you think that he would fall to?
0: I think if Puka keeps up, not the current pace. His current pace, to me, is unsustainable regardless. I mean, even if you half it. Um, But I would say if he finishes the year with 100 catches, which is well within the scope of things because he's on pace to double that right now. <laughs> which is stupid but let's say he ends the season with a hundred catches mm-hmm. um for it would be roughly a thousand yards and you know a few touchdowns or whatever uh that would be a similar season to what garrett wilson did last year he is currently what wide receiver five <clears throat> w-
1: was garrett wilson was he wide receiver three three entering this season?
0: Uh, he was five behind the uh, two former Margaret. LSU dudes and CeeDee yeah. Lamb and A.J. Brown. Okay, yeah. That um, makes sense. Granted, A.J. Brown, I expect, will fall a little bit with the uh, rise on the depth chart of Devonte Smith, and I mean, he'll be 27 next year. That's basically like the beginning of the end for wide receivers, apparently. I don't make the rules. It's just how value works. Um... <laughs> I wouldn't see him jumping Jalen Waddle or Amon ra yet. Uh, Chris Olave would be probably that ballpark. Uh, so depending on what like he does receiver. this year, I would see him like a low wide receiver one if he just keeps going. However, if he just tapers off and finishes with like 500 yards and 50 total catches and just vanishes... <laughs> the floor will fall out. I could see Man, the is, I could see the exactly floor depressing? I could see the floor completely falling out. Um there will be some people like... that'll you know, people will rationalize whatever they want to know. They'll yeah. say, Oh hey, something there's something we don't know that happened. We you yeah. just you just can't know. And it could just be that he actually sucked and just had the most ridiculous two weeks we've ever seen. Um but people will rationalize it enough where I would still think he would be worth more than like a Gabe Davis. Um,
1: oh, for sure. Or, like, a Mike yeah. Williams. So
0: he would still be in, like, that low wide receiver three range. Um, because those guys are floating around wide receiver 40 right now. So, you or, or like, a Hollywood Brown or something like that. So, like, mm-hmm. even if the floor falls out, I still see him being worth something.
1: Yeah, totally. I think that if you bought Puka before now... I, I think that he's starting to tread into territory where it's like, okay, like you're actually, you could do some damage to your teams if this doesn't work out. Um, but I, I think that if you got him for anything less than a mid first, like if you got him at a, a late first or multiple seconds, I, I think that that's, that's, that's a fine price to pay to, to hop on the ride.
0: I do think, even if you paid, like, let's say, the 10th pick overall, like uh 110, um, even if he sucks, I don't see his value dropping below, like, a mid-second.
1: Yeah, really. no, neither do I. I mean,
0: no one wants to move from pick, you know, 10 to 18, but, and that is, I, it's a noteworthy drop in the draft, but it's not, like, insane. I mean, this
1: year, that's the difference between getting, like, a chain and... Well, getting, like, Roshan. Roshan. Yeah. Nice little like how, yeah, mind I, meld. I like that.
0: Yeah. So it's <laughs> like, I like that, and, too.
1: That's that, that's that inner, uh, inner Mac-NFC-North connection.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of, of those two running backs, who would you prefer to have right now? Oh, Roshan, easily. Boom. See? Doesn't matter. The draft is a scam. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> It's not a scam. You need draft picks. Everyone wants to say that they're overrated, but if you draft well, you're going to be just fine. It's when you right. don't. I don't know. There's probably an ending to that statement. We're going to yeah. move on to talk different rookies. Uh, so thanks for joining the Pooka Pod. We will see you guys next week. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, This uh, <laughs> is Pooka Walk week one. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so let's talk about uh, the people that we were supposed to care about this year. Uh, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Um, so, I guess you're the throw leading.
1: Levi's in there too?
0: Who? <laughs> so, oh, uh, Levi's. Uh, yeah. yeah, the well, sponsored. Levi's. I always thought no, it was Levi's. It's Levi's. I just like to okay. refer to him as a, a sponsored <laughs> player. Man, you're gaslighting me over here. Um. So, did you expect Anthony Richardson to be the best passer of the three?
1: No, I I was super. <laughs> I I I can't believe that. Like, what what the hell? I, uh <laughs> yeah. I I feel like part of it makes me a little angry one because Gardner Minshew is being held back from him. <laughs> now, um but uh <laughs> I I I am a little miffed because it it does kind of feel like people got the right answer but doing the wrong work, you know?
0: Well, yeah, it's like how I worked my way through high school. Um <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But No, I do think it's funny that if you look at the completion percentage, all other stats aside, uh, Anthony Richardson does have the highest number by a tenth of a percent over C.J. Stroud. Um, Mm -hmm. And also, if you ignore ignore the fact that uh, Bryce Young's wide receivers are physically incapable of getting open. Um, (laughs) I mean, yeah, like... (laughs) That chart is probably the funniest thing I've ever seen.
1: it's, It's ridiculous, man. You can't even, like... I I genuinely feel bad for Bryce Young and Bryce Young owners because it's like, what do you even do? You know, like, how do you even evaluate that?
0: Well, on the bright side, the Panthers should be able to uh, pick up a good wide receiver sometime in the next four years uh, once they actually have draft picks again. You're you're not in on Mingo. (laughs) Jonathan Mingo sucks. Hey, does anyone (laughs) here have Jonathan Mingo this week?
1: Sweet. I keep having intrusive thoughts about Mingo, but the Mingo owner will just not let him up.
0: I'm so disappointed that someone with such a fun name is so bad. I know, but he but he had eight targets this week. Yeah, great. Like, because who else would?
1: Right. Oh, well, I mean, the corpse of Adam Thielen. Hayden Hayden Hurst is the wide receiver one on that offense.
0: Yeah. Do you want to repeat that for the folks in the back?
1: Hayden Hurst is the wide receiver one on that offense. And I agree, and that's... Hayden uh, Hurst is a top eight tight end this year.
0: Oh, for sure. But also, it's not praise for Hayden Hurst. Right, the, the, yeah, anyways, we, we can move on. Um. um but no, my, my overall, before we go into any nitty gritty on these uh, quarterbacks, is if you drafted... In the top five this year in Superflex, and I'll include the running backs because Bijan is the quarterback for the Falcons. Um, you've <laughs> got to be pretty happy with what you've seen so far. I
1: I I mean I, I know that we want to focus on the quarterbacks, but I I think I'm not down on the player or anything, but I I am seeing some uh, like on the internet some worry about. Gibbs
0: oh yeah no people will always be worried about Gibbs will always be worried though but yeah
1: but uh, on the whole I I agree if you draft if you drafted in the top um I think if you drafted in the top eight and you did not take QJ you're, you're
0: pretty you're, feeling, you're pretty thrilled right now
1: you're you're feeling pretty good right now and if you um, happened
0: to pick in like the top 50 and you landed like a puka drink <laughs> Drink. And, I mean,
1: yeah, you you won the draft if you yeah. drafted Puka or you're holding Puka, but I I think um you know I think that there's a little worry around around Bryce just because he has no weapons and like he's running for his life out there pretty much every play.
0: Well, on the bright side, he has Miles Sanders to really just carry a load for him because it's and Chuba Hubbard. Yep, because it's important and we're, and we're to have like a here. quality. Uh... A quality bell cow running back to take the load off of a rookie running yes. or a rookie quarterback.
1: Yeah, well, um, they're going to, you see, they're going to get LaVisca Chenault involved
0: more. Why?
1: <laughs> when I saw that see, tweet, that's, I, was like, I
0: was like, what? That's like, where the Panthers that, are at right now with the receiving poor. The, yeah, like, the fact is, the is, he point. could very well be the best player on that offense, like, like receiving wise. And I still it's just, possible. like, scoff at it. Yeah. I. It, They're awful.
1: That team team is so talent-efficient, and, you know, as a hybrid Bears-Ravens fan, I feel pretty good about the Bears holding their pick because, oh, God, you know that we need it. (laughs) But it's going to be tough to evaluate Bryce. I I think on the whole, though, he's looked good in what you can judge him for. Like, his decision-making looks solid. Like, you... He, he looks worthy of the NFL number one overall pick
0: yeah um I think he has done absolutely fine uh Jesus is asking what I think well both of us uh what uh, we think his fantasy ceiling could be uh and if he'll ever be a top eight fantasy ever and I'm like yeah why not it's it's difficult to say I think that there
1: I think that there's like definitely a, a possibility of it. Um my worry with him is that the like there is a reality where the Panthers can just never get it together in time and something similar that like ha- uh happened to like Baker happens to him. Um I don't think that they're on like the same caliber of fantasy talent. Um but I like I don't want to say it's a lock but Like, it's a strong possibility, I think.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, Jesus is in here trying to compare him to Mariota, which you don't want to just, like, advertise to the world that you don't know ball because they're very different players. (laughs) Yeah, that is a -A DKB move right there. But, yeah, he he needs help. Um, I'm looking at the UDFAs for 2024, uh, the uh, wide receivers that could come into town. Um, and actually it's compared to past years. Anyway, it's not as morbid, uh, as it could be. We got Mike Evans, Tyler Boyd, uh, granted, these are football players, not fantasy players. Um, but like for the love of God gets him someone that can like get open. Um,
1: I mean, I don't like, know what their cap situation is like. I'd imagine um, it's pretty
0: healthy. Like, who the hell would they pay?
1: Yeah, that, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like, it, it very clearly um, seems like they kind of did the Justin Fields approach um, with regards to, okay, we we have our guy, and we're just going to throw him into the fire and hope that he, like, kind of looks good and, like, just sit Sit tight, because we're going to get you stuff next year. (laughs) Yeah,
0: And, like, I'm just scanning through here. We've also got uh, Calvin Ridley, Hollywood Brown, um, Michael Pittman. Calvin Ridley's only in Jacksonville for one year? Uh, He signed a two-year contract, but he did it last year uh, while he was still technically suspended, so that counted as an accrued year. Um, T. Higgins. um, Chase, top three wide receiver in the league, Claypool. (laughs) <laughs> stop um, it. You but, get, you stop that <laughs> But even getting down into more like role player guys, like we have uh like the DeAndre Carters of the world who no one really gets excited about him, but he's very obviously has had a role for a few different teams now where he's done relatively decently. Uh Van Jefferson is a free agent. Um he's fine. If you're an NFL team and you need to plop someone in a slot, he can yeah, get a job he could done. Be, he could be a role um, guy. It's like Greg Dorch, Dorch the Torch. Dortch the Torch. Let's go. Yeah, the Panthers also have sixty three million in cap space next year. Oh
1: yeah, they'll be they'll be good.
0: Um And really the only wide receivers they would lose are mm-hmm. uh letter free agents are DJ Chark, who I actually think is a decent player. Uh LaVisca and Emir Smith Marset, who Uh, i guess he's there
1: man well Um, i don't know if they're gonna be able to afford lavisca yeah and outside of brian burns who cares like
0: i'm just like just looking at all of their free agents um just scanning through it uh giovanni Ricci, uh fullback western michigan legend he should get re-signed um (laughs) but beyond that it looks like it's basically brian burns is like the guy yeah. Um. And you gotta sign him because if they let him walk in free agency, that even if it's a sign and trade, you've got to get something for that guy.
1: I mean, uh-huh. yeah. Especially after they
0: refused that trade already. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> Figured out. Oh, uh, DPJ is also a free agent next year. Darnell Mooney. So like, yeah. There's like oh, actual like football yeah. players. Gabe Davis. Like, yeah. I I'd yeah. imagine a lot of these guys are gonna get re-signed before they hit free agency, but for sure. some of them won't. And if I'm the Panthers, I am aggressively pursuing anyone that slips through those cracks you I mean, have yeah, you a number it. one overall pick and his top receiver right now is Hayden Hurst Hayden Hurst
1: baby let's go um, We'll we'll see after they get LaVisca Chenault involved more
0: that may change and wasn't Hayden Hurst like a 26 year old rookie <laughs> so, I think so he's
1: like 30 or 31 right now. yeah
0: so like he's getting up there too so like you gotta get someone for the love of god help this kid. yeah Especially because we were all talking about oh him and uh, C J Stroud. Who I'm gonna move into C J Stroud here uh, a little Definitely. bit because he's also looked very good. We we're both complaining about how both of these wide receivers have nothing. Uh, but C J Stroud has probable Pro Bowler Nico Collins on his team. Well,
1: I I'm, <laughs> like, I'm actually really really happy with how things have played out. Um, I don't own any of these quarterbacks other than in redraft. Um, but, uh, I called my shot with CJ Stroud. Like I, like everybody was laughing about the Texans receiving core. It's good. I would say that all off season, like they have a solid group of guys. Robert Woods is fully healed now from, from his injury. And he, you know, he looks like he has a lot more gas left in the tank than we thought. Nico Collins is finally breaking out like the way that a lot of people thought big dub for I do
0: believe bro. that uh both of us said Nico Collins is a big buy this offseason so pod viewers are loaded right now
1: loaded just last year we told
0: you filthy Derek Henry rich.
1: this year Nico okay, Collins okay you
0: said Derrick Henry I will he... own the loss
1: <laughs> and you know we we can edit a, an earlier episode in for us screaming from the hilltops to buy Puka Nakua.
0: yeah so yeah, Nico has been—he's wide receiver seven right now. Uh, over a hundred yards a game, twenty targets in two games. Which, if you're not Puka, that's ridiculous. Um, he's good. He's actually like really good at football. And now he has a quarterback who's also good at football.
1: Yeah, Tank so, like, Dell. Tank Dell is doing well.
0: Player.
1: Yeah, John Mechie's waiting in the wings. You know, they're slowly easing him in. There's a lot to
0: be excited about. If I'm a Texans fan, I am. Not expecting them to win more than four or five games this year. Um, But they're going to be a lot of fun. They're a very young team. A lot of these guys seem to be figuring it out. Uh, it's, I mean, what else do you want, right? If your team's no. going to suck, you uh, you at least want them to show something. You want them to I be mean, like I... young and have promise, and I think that's where they're at right now. I think the Texans will be very, very good in a couple of years.
1: Yeah, and I, I actually, I can't believe that I'm giving, like, the Texans some flowers here, considering how awful they've been as an organization for the last forever. Do they still have that, like, football Rasputin guy as, like, their <laughs> fo- football president or whatever? I
0: have no idea what you're talking about, they, but I they really like, want
1: hired, like, Bill Belichick's, like, pastor or something <laughs> what? At, at, to be, like, the the president of football operations and people were calling him as like calling him like the NFL Rasputin what is he just yeah, like he's On still kill there
0: he's still there he still sucks look this guy up he all right what's is, his like, does that yeah uh, uh Dave do you know what his name is I want to look this guy up I
1: mean re- read it in your own time but it's it's no I'm looking him up David, right now I just want to see this
0: guy's face
1: yeah it's seriously insane that the Texans like hired him to be the president of their football operations, and he had no experience with like any football management and like you know there was the rumors about Josh McCown being their head coach like they are in Sillyville, but I the will organization
0: say, is not well run, but they're drafting no, all right
1: it's not well run, but I will say this, okay I think that they have kind of explored what a good rebuild can look like in today's modern NFL. And that, that's something that the commanders and the Falcons are also doing. Wait, Nick Casario t- is this
0: guy? What? Nick Casario. Yeah, I guess so. <clears throat> okay, sorry. But,
1: um, no, you're good. But I, I, I think that the Falcons and the Texans and the commanders are all kind of showing a good blueprint on how to rebuild a team. And that's by, you know, clearly when something didn't work, all of them had different circumstances on like how they kind of found themselves near the bottom of the league, but they didn't focus on a quarterback at first. You know, they, they, they got some, they, they stripped it down for parts. They got the capital They brought a bunch of mid players in and basically had a war of attrition to see who can, who can ball, who can hang and uh, started these mid round quarterbacks for a period of time. You know, we're seeing that with Ritter. We're seeing that with Howell. And we saw (laughs) that with Mills in in Houston. Um, See if they're a thing. And when the opportunity arises, for for a better quarterback, you know, then you kind of jump on that and try to do something with that. We'll see if the Falcons do that. They actually look like a good team. Howell looks pretty decent for the Commanders. Howell's yeah, he's still doing developing. well. Yeah, but I think uh, Clayton Toon, hopefully soon. Um, DTR, maybe. But, but like, I, I think that there's something to be learned here from, you know, not just... Moving into another highly touted prospect and kind of just sitting for a season or two with a mid round rookie quarterback, because I think that more NFL teams should give those kinds of guys a shot. You know, you look at Brock Purdy, he's obviously an extreme example of like what they could do. But, you know, the Houston's stuck with Davis Mills and now he looks like a pretty high end backup quarterback, right?
0: Yeah, and Jesus just posted it. I did want to bring it up. Yeah, Jack Easterby uh, was the team chaplain
1: yes, and, chara- right.
0: and character coach for the Patriots and was hired he- as the Houston Texans executive vice president of football operations.
1: It makes no sense. It's insane. Like He the, was, the he was you-
0: fired. This is the first year not on the team.
1: Okay, yeah. So, yeah, if you look into him, like, there's some wild stuff there. And that, that whole move was insane. He's got dirt on people. He has to. Oh,
0: absolutely. But, to your point, sorry, I just had to get that in there. Um, You're you're
1: good. You're good.
0: No, I think what the Browns did with DTR, what the Lions did with Hendon Hooker, um, even, you know, Clayton Toon, Aiden O'Connell, you see these guys who very obviously have talent in college. You already have a quarterback. Why not? Why not spend a mid-pick and just see what you've got? Yeah, totally. Especially how many times, if you look up any NFL draft and you look at like the fifth round, I mean, let alone there's a lot of, well, first of all, there are a lot of role players. Fifth round, dude. Well, whatever, but like fifth, fourth, sixth, (laughs) whatever. If you look at it, I mean, sure, you'll get a guy like Puka that you can recognize or, you know, whatever, your Antonio Browns. Like, there are hits in there. Yeah. Uh, And a lot of the guys you don't recognize are still role players that are very important to like an actual NFL franchise, even if you know, the average person doesn't know who they are or whatever. Um, not everyone knows, you know, who like your rotational number four defensive end is, but they're still important. You need to be able to give the starters a break. Um, but man, you can just spend one on a quarterback. Like, especially you look at a guy like DTR who is a physical freak, Uh, For all intents and purposes, like, worst-case scenario, oh, no, you're out a day three pick. And on the flip side, you have a franchise quarterback if it works out. Like, what's the loss, really? Like, why why worry about it? Even in the seventh round, like, a lot of these guys that are just going to disappear. Well, if a guy can run and he plays quarterback, like, well, why not? Or he has a bullet arm that can throw a ball 75 yards through the air. Why not? You need a backup still. You need practice squad guys. Like whatever. Yeah.
1: Like, I, I think it makes more sense. You know, I, I know that I dog on the Steelers a lot and I will continue to do so because I am wearing my Jeremy Macklin, Baltimore Ravens, Jersey,
0: um, Baltimore Ravens, legend, Jeremy Balti- Macklin.
1: when you, when you put up one season of 400 yards, you don't need another one. Um, but you look at the Steelers, you know, they're, they're normally like a pretty good organization and I think they just complete like, I think it was bad process going for Kenny Pickett. You know, they reached for him in the first round. They signed Mitch Trubisky. Obviously, he wasn't good in Chicago. Well, and it's he like wasn't good.
0: you signed Mitch Trubisky and then you go and draft him. Right. Like, you,
1: you signed Mitch Trubisky and then at the first sign of a scuffle... You bench him for Kenny Pickett, who's a, who was a quarterback that everybody saw as having no ceiling, and now you're stuck with him. Like, you know, Mitch Trubisky was seen as a guy who, like, in an organization like the Steelers, maybe they could fix him. But, like, coming off of Ben Roethlisberger, you're not going to be a playoff team the, when, when, a quarterback, when a quarterback like that goes, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you just need to except that that's not what that season's about. And if, if it becomes that, that's a happy surprise. But it's all about finding your new identity and not kind of overreaching for a guy like Kenny Pickett because Kenny Pickett looks like the worst quarterback that is starting in the league from last year's class. And he was the only one in the first round.
0: Yeah, Desmond it's... Ritter
1: and Sam Howell look much more competent than he does. You know, it, it
0: feels and I mean, obviously you're going to have your hits and misses, but to me, yeah. when they drafted Kenny Pickett, it felt more like a we're going to go for the first guy instead of the right guy.
1: Right. Um, well, And I, I think and it was also if like, you're in a draft. And you're,
0: well, yeah, he is a hometown guy and he played yeah. at hines Field and all that. Right. But if you're if your quarterback is retired, um. And I'm going to say this from the Lions' perspective. When the Lions traded Stafford for Golf, I'm pretty sure every Lions fan just expected Jared Goff to be useless. Um, I know, I did. It's, it's been nice that he hasn't been, but we expected it. Um, and I think that everyone just kind of anticipates, well, you know, you take your lumps, you suck for a year, maybe two, and then when you get the cap and the right person comes along, like comes along, around jesus i can't talk um (laughs) you're good that's when you take your shot like you can build up your roster around this lame duck quarterback and then when finally the guy you want the guy you think is right appears that's when you take your shot and when kenny pickett was taken by the Steelers, it seemed more of a we're desperate for the next guy instead of thinking that he is the right guy
1: Yeah, it was such, like, a Spider-Man meme move, you know? Like, Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Kenny Pickett pointing at each other. Like, okay, congrats. Like, you have two guys who are, like...
0: Somewhat mobile that throw short passes.
1: Right, like, you have two guys who were, like, supposedly... I I actually can't remember if people thought Trubisky was pro-ready. But, like, Kenny Pickett was super pro-ready... And like you hope that he is like Alex Smith, you know, like like that that is the dream, is him getting to like to be Alex Smith. And Alex Smith was a great quarterback for for a long time, you know. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but like, but it's I, I don't, like where, where's the pizzazz there, you know? And
0: what's when you're looking at the AFC and how absolutely loaded it is at quarterback. Are you really looking at Pickett and thinking, man, this is who we want to lead the team to compete in this conference? That's
1: that's what I mean. Like, it it just made no sense to just not like like after signing Mitch Trubisky to a two year contract, at least committing to him for a season. Like like, even
0: looking in your own division with Lamar and Burrow and like that one rapist guy there. Like,
1: (laughs) hey, DTR has done nothing wrong. Okay.
0: well, he isn't starting yet. But like, you Not just look yet. around and it's like, this is, this is what you're going to march out there. This is right. And and it's, I get it. It's one thing if he's, you know, a young, like junior or red shirt sophomore, that's gonna grow. We're talking about a grown ass man. He was drafted. He's older than Justin Herbert.
1: Yeah, like um, I just don't, I just don't get the move. Like, like he was, the, he's old and he's not that good. And like, congrats, he's pro ready. He can lead you to one of those nine and seven seasons that you don't have a losing record and you do absolutely nothing and have no hope in the playoffs. Like, congrats.
0: Yeah, and it's it's not like you know? I don't. He should get better still, but it's not going to be that same scale. It's not someone who's still like developing into an adult that is still learning how to process the game. This is a man who played in college for like seven years.
1: Right. Well, uh, if, like, <laughs> like, I mean, if, if you're talking about him and you're like, okay, I hope that he develops. Why not give that same sort of leniency to Mitch Trubisky, who actually did have some flashes th- that like, you know, my Chicago bears just completely ruined him. But the Steelers are a pretty stable organization, which makes the decision to bench him after four games where the defense was the one losing them those games like it, it made no sense yeah, and I, I, and that's i just don't get it
0: and that's where we tie it all the way back around see people this isn't just a tangent
1: no we plan this
0: why take picket when you could have just thrown a dart in the third round or the fifth round yeah or whatever when you could have gotten desmond ritter or you could have gotten sam howell or even Malik Willis, like, whatever. Yeah. Matt Corral, assuming he doesn't get the Liz Frank injury. I mean, obviously, some of them are not doing well or are not, I mean, functionally in the league anymore. Right, but, but I, I think the, the opportunity is, cost is you could have yeah. had a different first-round pick, and you would still have a second-year quarterback, of which you might not know as much about because they're not 26.
1: Right. So it's Yeah.
0: Or twenty five or however old he is. Justin I Herbert-ish
1: age. I think he's twenty five.
0: Yeah, but it's and so that's just the process was poor. Um so, exactly. Any Steelers fan is lying to themselves if they said they wouldn't trade picket for Howell right now. And th- I, I agree with that. And Howell is a fifth round pick. It's, yeah, and
1: like, you know, now now the commanders and the Falcons, I don't exactly know what their cap or draft capital looks like but if they want a guy like if they're not satisfied with where they're at like they can they can cobble it together and not feel like they are um you know tied uh or joined at the hip with with their guy you know if if the falcons move on from desmond ritter next year nobody's gonna bat an eye and it's like fine you know but like kenny pickett there's going to be a cloud of shame hanging overhead. And I think a lot of fans are going to be impatient and start questioning Mike Tomlin's ability.
0: And that's, I like to look at, this is actually from 2022. So you guys are going to have to bear with me a little bit, but for the longest time, I've basically figured if you're a quarterback, not taken in the first round or even the top half of the first round, you're not going to be any good. Um, generally the good quarterbacks get hype, right? Um, and I'm kind of turning on this a little bit because, I mean, you end up with guys like Jalen Hurts, second-round pick. Dak Prescott, fourth-round pick. Tom Brady, sixth-round pick. C- Kurt Cousins, fourth-round pick. Brock Purdy, uh, seventh-round pick. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, which what a dickhead thing to call someone drafted to the NFL. Dude, I know. Chandler Harnish <laughs> was Mr. Irrelevant. Like, uh, Russell Wilson, third-round pick. Jimmy, second-round pick. Davis Mills, last year, third-round pick. I mean, obviously, he's not starting anymore. Derek Carr, second-rounder. Uh, it's like... A lot of these guys, you can still find good quarterbacks. Andy Dalton was a second rounder. So it's like you can get a lot there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the league. Is the hit rate the same? No, but neither is the cost.
1: Right. Yeah, it, I think it just like always makes sense that like.
0: You Gino know, is a second round have, pick,
1: yeah. Unless you have a young franchise quarterback, you know, like your Burroughs, your Lawrence's, your Mahomes, your Lamar's, like if you have a guy who's getting up there in age, you know, like Stafford on the on the Rams, take a swing with a guy, you know? And, keep and...
0: Stetson Bennett. Is it, honestly, yeah. I thought that was a great pick for them. Why not?
1: Yeah, I, I did too. Like, it, it makes sense to, like, bring in a guy just as a just-in-case, you know? And when Stafford leaves and they they clean house, like, um, well, they, they probably won't clean house, but, like, it might make sense to roll with Stetson Bennett for, like, a year if he's still there, you know? Just to, like why not we like make make the transition a little smoother than okay stafford retired now we need to immediately get like our we we need to sell the farm for another guy to make a big splash you know Uh, i i just don't think uh i i get why people do that because you know like with different regimes and everything like you want to you want to make your mark but i just don't think that objectively that's like the only way to go about it or or even the smartest
0: well yeah and that's i don't know like the worst case scenario either they wash out or like especially if it's like a fifth or sixth round pick oh no you have a backup quarterback you still need one so Yeah, you right. may as well like, pick like your guy like it made a lot of sense that the browns took dtr because he plays very similarly to deshaun watson so yeah, even if it, Watson goes down, you don't have to change the entire offense for your backup. So worst case scenario if DTR isn't the guy, oh, well you have a sufficient dude in case in yeah,
1: like so, in case Watson like, uh, gets arrested
0: or something again.
1: <laughs> yeah, like uh you know date like you know bringing it back to Davis Mills. We know Davis Mills, he's not starter level, but like if the if they need him for a week or two, it's not like the you know the season's down the the toilet, you know, he can we know that he can keep the seat warm and play somewhat competently.
0: Exactly, so I guess I'll kind of wrap it up with or the rookie quarterback talk with that a bit, but it's I mean, obviously the first round guys are looking well, but like like they're they're looking good, they're doing well, but I mean a lot of these guys like just take stabs, why not, especially if yeah. you're a super flex player, grab all those late guys, whatever a lot of them will be free, and who knows might of them yeah i mean well, i'm
1: I'm holding d t r and Clayton tune,
0: yeah, one or two of them might work out for you see we made it about fantasy football we did it
1: we did it um
0: we, we, we did that for some in-house stuff here uh we do uh i did mention we uh had some rule changes coming to uh the dynasty movement i'm we're actually running a little behind here believe it or not um us yeah us so I'm not really gonna dive into it too much, other than just keep an eye on announcements. We are probably putting out another two rules and then uh, kind of shaping them up a little bit, A little clarification here or there. It's it's that time of the year. We usually do about one a year. Um, so actually read the announcements, please, for the love of God.
1: Yeah, the the announcements are actually announcements. Yeah, you know, yeah. We don't. I know that uh, we don't put
0: them out that often.
1: <laughs> I know it's a little blip, but please just. Just take, uh, just take, you know, we, we all spend so much time here. This is a wonderful community.
0: Um, just take the time to scroll up. Yeah. So uh, with the uh, remaining 15 minutes that we have or so, um, community questions, if you guys want to ask us anything, uh, by all means, fire away. I'm going to scroll up through the chat and see if there's anything that we missed because we frequently do. You guys were talk ch- there this episode. Yeah, you guys were chatting and I was getting very distracted i know i was trying to keep up with all of it (laughs) I, i actually am really bad at that anytime the chat really gets going i start to uh i'm not a very good multitasker um and i just start to wander off into the chat a little bit um yeah
1: i don't think there's any like outstanding questions on there is there any like
0: i don't know is there any like small uh, we hit on uh, we hit on jesus asking us about what we think bryce's ceiling is um which i guess oh, I'll, I, I'll dig into that a little bit yeah I, like, I think that he's
1: certainly like a back-end qb1 at least
0: i mean ceiling is a funny word right like who knows tomorrow he could throw 500 yards and six touchdowns and be the quarterback one like it's when there's no actual tangible ceiling, like there is actually no limit to how much you're allowed to score. He could feasibly be the top quarterback in the league.
1: Well, let's, so let's it's talk like,
0: like realistic I mean, yeah. expectations. Yeah. Um, it,
1: re- realistic expectations. Like <laughs> unless he goes super sane or, you know, just completely plants on his face, which are both possible, but like we're given his hype and the, prospect that he was where do you think he fits in
0: um i think he's unbelievably accurate i don't know how strong his arm is um i like pretty mobile too yeah i like his comp as being kind of i mean drew Brees was an absolute surgeon um but similarly speaking, I think he could be that kind of guy, just kind of carve up like that middle depth, like the ten to fifteen yard pass kind of guy. Michael Thomas. Um. Yeah. All he needs is uh. You know. He's a slant away. boy. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> no, I think I think he's gonna be a very good player for a long time. Obviously, he's uh, he's more scrambly than actually mobile. Um, yeah, yeah, And dudes with legs just kind of always win out, unless they're Pat Mahomes throwing for 5,500 yards a year. Um, but no, I could see him being a pretty stable quarterback, like a quarterback one of some sort. Uh, yeah. Which I sh- is, I mean, he's going to be a valuable player. I think he's just going to be a good player. Um, yeah,
1: I, I don't know if I see him, like, I don't know if I see him, like, cracking,
0: like, I think he's going to uh, be a very easy buy this offseason after passing to, like, a bunch of doofuses all year. But... Absolutely,
1: yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't think that he's going to crack, like, the Mahomes-Allen tier. He could. and um, I don't think that he's going to crack the, the tier below that either. But... I think he could. I he, think he like, could he, actually
0: be good. He, he,
1: he could potentially make it into that tier, but I think that that's, like, on the... Higher
0: end, I I could of see outcomes. him being valued similarly to like what you're seeing like a Trevor Lawrence getting right now. Oh, damn, I mean that's I people are forgetting that. I mean, it's easy to say, oh, he's little and he's you know this and that, but like he was also like the guaranteed first overall pick for two years. Um. So. And I mean, as Jesus says, they need a Bengals-type team for Bryce to get into the Burrow tier, but Burrow also needs a Bengals-type team to get into the Burrows tier. So, I mean, yeah, this, this kind of <laughs> seems like
1: the, the, the season that the Bengals, like, feared they were going to have when they drafted Jamar Chase. Like,
0: so, I mean, Burrow,
1: Burrow's heard. And yeah, Yeah,
0: so, I mean, sure, you can say that with anybody. Like, uh, a quarterback needs a good team around him to be good. Yeah, okay. Like, that doesn't really mean anything. Um... But, no, I think he's a good player, and obviously you can make a lot of excuses, this and that, like, oh, you know, well, other players haven't had good wide receivers, and they still did fine. Uh, The Panthers have the worst wide receiver core I've ever seen. Well, that's, oh,
1: that's, that's like, kind of what I mean though like like it's hard, to, it's hard to like really know because he's so far off from being like able to actually judge you know because yeah. Trevor Lawrence like he really didn't get going until
0: Trevor Lawrence had an awful rookie year and his wide receiver one was also Jamal Agnew so like yeah. you like, know you take one with the other and I think we're going to probably see a relatively similar year this year where like his number one wide receiver is blocking tight end Hayden Hurst so, yeah. like, like... he's he's definitely going to be paying his dues. I I think that
1: his like his highest range of outcomes in my head is like being on the back end of that second tier of quarterbacks. You know your Burroughs, Lamar's, yeah.
0: Lawrence's. I think he will be as good as the team around him. Um, I do think he is an elevator. He will probably do a little, or he will make bad players better. I don't think he is the type of person that would drag the team down or just kind of be a game manager. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at on him.
1: Yeah, um, we we do have a question from Dave. Yes. Uh, with the recent signing of dusty-ass Kareem Hunt to the Browns, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm accurate. curious to get your guys' takes on the reaction to a vet signing and what it usually means for both the viability of the vet as well as the current backup turn starter, like, in terms of, like, buying, selling, what they mean?
0: Um, um, Drone Ford is the starter to me. Uh, yeah,
1: I, I think that, like, this is a good opportunity to buy Ford if... Like, I, I know that they already said, like, he's our guy. You know, Kareem's yeah. just coming back because he knows the system and whatnot. But I think that it's important to, like... With Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette, they've had so many opportunities already just in week two to to sign somewhere if people really thought that they were anything. Now, they're either asking for too much money, and that's like a possibility, but they could also be washed. And I think more often than not, and specifically with, like, these guys, like, I wouldn't be too worried unless, like, the guy is – a lot younger, you know? Like, I, I don't know. Acres maybe handcaps, uh, uh, kneecaps Madison, but like Madison wasn't anything. And like Acres isn't really anything either. Um, but I, I think that like it shouldn't, when, when there's an injury going on like this and there's such like a clear way that you know the team operates, um, I think that it could potentially be like a good buying opportunity. Certainly if you have Kareem hunt, sell, sell for anything.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: You know, like,
0: I, s- I see Kareem hunt having a similar role to what he had last year, but worse.
1: Yeah. I, I think that he might, he might be that guy. We, we know a couple things about the Browns and we know that they love having like a strong lead back. And that's what Jerome Ford is stepping into, and the guy behind that is yeah, it's probably Kareem Hunt, but there's also like a non-zero chance that Kareem Hunt is just there for like deep depth, and like Pierre Strong's the dude.
0: I mean, <laughs> Pierre know? Strong had a vulture last week.
1: Yeah, like like Pierre Strong could just as easily be the the one B, and Kareem Hunt is just there to be a body who knows the system. Um,
0: and that's but I mean.
1: Pier strong probably ain't it but i'm just saying like kareem hunt should not change what you think about jerome ford if you're in on him then can like n- nothing's changed if you're out on him then you know uh, i don't know like
0: you can probably wait 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 a you game could probably you use football. this signing to get ford pretty cheap
1: yeah i i think that this definitely like temporarily knocks down <laughs> ford if people don't know ball and they're like, oh. 3-0. Now well, I
0: wouldn't say that Ford is going to be a thing past this year, um, given how the Browns operate with running back, they might actually spend a decent amount of capital to get a new guy in. Um, but for this year, I think Ford's going to be probably the dude.
1: I, you know, I, I think that there's a there's a reality where Ford plays well enough where they keep it going with him.
0: He could. Um, I could very well be wrong. I that's just where my intuition's at right now. Yeah. Um as far as Hunt, uh he was in talks with the Vikings in the off season. Well, uh, according
1: to Hunt's agent, he was in talks with half of the league.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I like don't the know point of I buy. I like the Vikings reference because we saw how awful Alexander Madison was as the starter. And so did the Vikings, and knowing that Hunt was available basically for free, they still decided to trade for Cam Akers instead of bringing Hunt in. Uh, Same with Leonard Fournette, if anyone's holding out hope on Lenny. Uh, He's hanging out for free. Literally, you'd probably give him a million bucks and he'd play for you, and they decided to trade for Cam Akers, who they still have to pay. And Cam Akers is making more than a million dollars. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I and... I'm at, I'm at the point like I I did think that I thought Hunt was washed because I have eyes and I watched the Browns last year. Yeah, um, but I, I thought Lenny had some gas left in the tank, but I'm just kind of at the point now where I think that he truly is washed.
0: And as a uh, a bag holder for Cam Akers, um, hope he has a big week this weekend. <laughs>
1: Um, for the love of Jesus, God, G- Jesus asked if, uh, we think Chubb's going to
0: play again. I'm going to end the podcast on this one. Cause we have two minutes until Pete dies. <laughs> he demands a strict hour and a half. So, right. um, you can go ahead. I was just going to say
1: like immediately I thought, no, the injury looked really bad. Uh, I'm kind of at the point where I think it's 50, 50. <laughs> if anybody could do it, it's Chubb. I don't think that he's ever going to be what he did again. I'm still going to hold him, if for nothing else, symbolic reasons, because he's one of my favorite players that I've watched in the last 13 years that I uh, have been into football. And uh, it's probably the most deflating injury I've ever watched. I'm still genuinely upset about it. Not not just for the physical injury, the physical and mental toll on him, but like... the sport of football is just better with Nick Chubb on the field, you know?
0: Yeah, and look, he has $4 million in dead cap next year. He is under contract next year. His cap hit is $16 million, roughly. He's 28. He just had surgery on the knee yesterday or today, um, obviously out for the season. Um, he is still, or was still elite. However, at this point, given his cap hit i believe he will probably wait on an injury settlement maybe re-signed with the browns um i think that's probably best case scenario they're not gonna pay him that full set like 16 million against the cap um they may give him an injury settlement of like eight million dollars plus take the dead cap of four million and then bring him back in for three or four just to see what he's got in the tank, but I don't expect him to play... I don't expect him to be ready for next season. The start, anyway. He might come in some point during the midseason. Uh, it'll obviously be a recovery year when you tear your ACL. Usually, the next year is pretty rough. You start having Jeez. compensation injuries. It's depressing um, to think about this. It him. is, but he asks for a realistic answer, and yeah. really... Nick Chubb may play another snap in the NFL, but the Nick Chubb that we have come to know is done that's it i
1: it's I, I think there's a I think there's a reality where Chubb could be a very good role playing running back two years down the line if, if he's really dedicated to it but like it's hard to know man he's got to do so much rehab like it's got to be such a devastating toll on him that I could easily see him walk away and Whatnot? I, I'm holding, but that's it's more because people... I'm dedicating this run to him. I'm dedicating this season to Nick Chubb.
0: This, a lot of people are bringing up Adrian Peterson's 2012, where he was roughly the same age, um when he came back from an ACL tear. uh As Dave said, that was a one in a million re- return, and also it was a much Nick Chubb's injury is much, much worse than what happened to Adrian Peterson. Yeah, it's not just the CLs that tore. I mean, you watch that thing; that there's got to be a compound fracture in there of some sort. There's probably some meniscus damage. Like, I I think there was actually. If you've, for those of you listening on Spotify, I know both the people listening still are, uh, have seen it. If you haven't seen the injury, don't watch it.
1: No, like actually don't.
0: avoid it. It's yeah. awful. It uh,
1: it made me wince, and it's gonna be in my head for a long time.
0: It's the worst injury I've ever seen live.
1: I I will say though, like I I'm not fully up to date. I don't know if there's been any more updates. It's been a crazy day of Bears news, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I thought that there was some optimism that he didn't have any ligament tear miraculously
0: um well he had surgery today so I don't know what that would be for yeah um, I, I, they haven't I, really released what happened but man <laughs> seeing yeah I mean how like, it went, like, like I it, find it, that hard to believe
1: it, it, it looked horrendous yeah I I just the last thing that I saw about it was like there was some hopeful optimism that it was only like 95% extremely terrible yeah. instead of 100%. But that's not to downplay how horrific that was and the unbelievable mountain he has to climb to just live a good, happy, full life,
0: football or not, you know? Yeah. That's... I'm going to end it, I guess, on that is, It was reminiscent of Marcus Lattimore's injury in South Carolina. Um, for those of you who remember that. What a um, dour note to end on. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks for uh, tuning in, everybody. We'll catch you next. Thank, thank you for
1: Clayton tuning in.
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks for uh, tuning in, everybody. We appreciate it. Uh, hopefully next time it won't end on such a somber note. But, uh, yeah, we appreciate having you guys around, and we hope to see you next week. Yeah.